have something that I have been looking to get off my chest for okay. like for like a while. Okay, because um, it it happened to me the other day and it really bugged me. So I'm driving home. You guys, you know about that driving home, and I am behind this person, and I notice that they have a uh, baby on board sticker on their car. You've seen those, right? Do you know of these? Right. I don't like them. Okay. Yeah. All the ba- first of all, all the baby on board sticker can do is make you feel bad, like make you feel worse as you smash into somebody, because you you obviously didn't see them if you hit their car, and then when you do see them, you're like, oh fuck, I could have just killed a baby, because yeah. there's one on board. But this lady, she had baby on board, but I don't know if it said baby because it was written in like cursive. I could see on board really clearly, but I couldn't see baby very well. It was like a smaller font and it was smaller uh, and, and all cursive-y and I couldn't see it. And so I start getting closer to her car because I want to see what it says. And so I'm effectively like tailgating her now because I want to read the baby on board sign. Right. And, and she flipped me off. And I don't think that's fair. No, that that doesn't sound right at all. I, because it's her fault for having... A, it's like any bumper sticker that's so small that I want to read it. Of course right. I'm going to ride your ass. Like, if you are out there and you get mad because someone tailgates you, first consider whether or not you have tiny text on the back of your car. Okay, well, that makes sense. Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, <laughs> this is the Enemy Slime Podcast. We have uh, We have Jared here with us. He is the runner of the site and all things sexy we have jay who contributes to the site and who does not run the site and we have myself jason i do run parts of the site indirectly through voodoo magic you're the fifth beetle (laughs) third third site member fifth beetle right i am the only beetle that doesn't matter Okay. That makes me very sad. Actually, yeah, because I guess now I think about it, the fifth Beatle didn't actually really it wasn't wasn't in the band, so. Yeah, yeah. I always see I always see these old photos of the Beatles and I get confused. Whether never, it was four or five. Never mind. You're Ringo. You can be Ringo. <laughs> Ringo. All right. So I, I guess we should talk about video games. Um, why would Why would we do that? Let's talk about music more. Let's talk, we could talk. Well, let's talk about this. How about we talk about some punk girl? Okay. Okay. And other 90s bands, I think that's right. Heavens to Betsy, all that good shit. Um, because I just played Gone Home. Oh, the- why, would you, yes. why would you do that? Why would I do that? That's a good question. I'm not really sure why. I think it uh, appealed to my sensibilities growing up as a punk kid in the 90s. And I'm like, oh, this game is totally me. So, but I, here's the thing. I, I actually don't understand what you do in Gone Home because I didn't read anything about it. Okay, well, Gone Home is basically um, a kind of exploration game. Um, you know, so it's like another Dear Esther or Mist or something like this. Basically, you're dumped in this, to this scenario and your task is to find out what happens. Um, you know, I the you, you play uh, Katie Greenbrier, I think it's the right way to pronounce her name. Um, and Katie is coming back home after a year abroad in Europe. Um, and she comes home completely empty house in the middle of a storm with a mysterious note from her little sister, Sam, uh, saying, don't look for me. Don't look for what's up in the attic. Uh, peace out. You're on your own. Um, <laughs> that's where the game leaves you off. Isn't that basically like how every Grand Theft Auto game starts? Peace <laughs> out. You're on your own. 
That's basically how every uh, Grand Theft Auto game starts. This game <laughs> is not at all like uh, Grand Theft Auto, though. <laughs> I mean, I mean, aside from the prostitute killing. Aside from the prostitute killing, yeah, that's that's still there. Um, yeah. So when you say like mist, do you mean in a? Is there anything bad that's in it that's like mist? Because I remember playing mist likes as well as mist, and usually they have like these uh, puzzles where you have to flip like 90 switches and well, figure out something impossible. I, th- I think what's interesting about, uh, about gone home. Well, first of all, there are no, like no real puzzles. Um, the game basically wants you to move forward. Everything is really easy to figure out. All you basically have to do is just be thorough and look everywhere and not rush past things. Like you're playing call of duty or something. Uh, I say, I say like miss only because mist is more the exploration aspect. And I guess, I guess talking more about the game would be spoilers. Uh, so there you go, spoiler alert. Uh, the game kind of sets you up. There's like this weird uh, paranormal element throughout the game. So it plays with a lot of the horror tropes, but it never follows through on any of it. So it's not a horror game. It's definitely a pure exploration game. You know, and now that I've said that spoiler, anyone that listens to this and then plays Gone Home will be totally unable to enjoy it. Yeah, um, if, you, if you can, because I, I played the game too, yeah, uh, and if you can, I would highly advise that you go back in time and just forget everything that he just said, because um, <laughs> it really. We'll, we'll we'll put a warning on the on the cider. I, we'll have to figure something out in regards yeah. to that. Like say like don't listen to these spots, but uh, that that really is the truth about that game. Is it's it's really kind of tricky to uh, to explain it. Yeah. Without without kind of ruining its twist, and I hope you don't mind, Jason, that we've effectively ruined the game for you. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind. You can't go back in time, unfortunately. I don't. I, um, I miss so many games. I I probably won't go back and play it unless I have a specific reason to. I I don't think that um, I don't think that that Jay ruined it. You know, completely and utterly. But there's definitely kind of a twist aspect to it that. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think there's still stuff. You know, aside from playing with the genre and the tone and all that, there's still a couple of really interesting things about that game. Like, I ended up liking the game a lot more than I thought I would like it. I completed it, and when I was done, I was like, wow, that's pretty good. It feels like one of those games that can only exist kind of as a video game. Like, there's no other way to really tell the story. And it's weird if you, like, go online and you read the reviews, and especially kind of the user reviews, it's always like, like, oh, well, this game should have been a book, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, and and I'm, I, I look at these things and I go, no, it really couldn't have been. This is something that you need to, to experience as a game. You know, there's only one way to really kind of uncover the story. And that's through the exploration. And that's through kind of just the checking up and down. And, you know, even just paying attention to the atmosphere, like looking at little scribbles on the walls you know, paying attention to the flickering lights, things like that. So this is definitely something that played with the genre, but purely kind of from a storytelling perspective. You you know, something that you actually didn't even really touch on that, that it was almost my favorite part of the game is, so there's only, there's only two characters in the game that have any kind of dialogue whatsoever. There's you, uh, Katie, uh, and your dialogue appears just one single time uh, via voicemail, or uh, God, I don't—they didn't call it voicemail back. Whatever you called an answering machine in the '90s, that thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it was a voicemail. I think it, it was, was. It was called an answering machine. You, it was. You it was. A, it it right was there. a voice voice message that you left on a tape. Um, 
but uh, so so you have a one line of dialogue from you there, essentially one phone call, and then everything else is told through your sister in in the form of her journals. And mm-hmm. so the game is really about your sister, like she's the one that you're kind of following yes. the entire time. But what's interesting is without a single line of dialogue or any kind of mental uh, you know thought from from the other characters involved the game actually tells a pretty thorough story, particularly of your father and it, a little bit of your mother as well. They, they definitely both have arcs uh, that, that kind of resolve a little bit throughout the game. Uh, like your, your father is a failed writer and you essentially, by, by finding like his things, you'll, find, you'll go into his closet and you'll find like a stack of unsold books that he's got and you'll, you'll go somewhere else and you'll find a rejection letter and you'll go someone, somewhere else and you'll find like the company that he works for reviewing stereos to make his real money. Uh, you know, they're, they're sending him like angry letters to tell him to do better. And so he kind of has this arc of like failure. And so like, you know, just a standard decoration in that game like a bunch of shot glasses out on a bar or something. It, it's kind of more than that, really. Like, it kind of tells a story about that character just, just by how a room is decorated. And I think that's something that's really interesting. Right. You, you know, just in case we didn't completely ruin the game already. <laughs> hey, I didn't, say, I didn't say how his arc ended. I just said that it's, it's an aspect. No, no, you didn't, you didn't say how his arc ended. And I actually agree with you on that. And I think the father actually... You know, the, the game is definitely about Sam. It's something about your little sister. But I think the father actually has, like, the richest storyline in the game because there's a lot kind of going on with him. You, you know, there's kind of the main thing that you mentioned. But if you pay attention to all the little clues, there's a little bit more stuff kind of going on with the dad. You know, and then you have to wonder how what's going on with his wife and, uh, you know, with his youngest daughter is also affecting him. So uh, it was really interesting in that respect. He's not, like... I mean, you could essentially play the entire game and ignore his storyline. And he's like kind of one of the most, you know, he's like probably the second most, if not the most developed character in the game. Yeah. I mean, if it's too big of an issue, we'll just bleep out, you know, the whole 10 minutes. (laughs) Bleep bleep out everything. That's a a great start. So we're going to make it through introduction and then just just silence for. (laughs) Yeah. I think the only thing that ruins the game uh, from from a, a spoiler standpoint, it's just that that line of, and I'll, I guess I'll say it again, just to make your work even fucking harder. Uh, it's uh, it, it's really just that it sets itself up as a horror game, and then it never actually delivers. Um, right. And, and but that's what's kind of cool about it. And you know, Jay mentioned that it didn't work for him, but it worked pretty well for me. Like by the end of the game, I was like. You, you finally get to the end essentially and right before you get there I, I think in my mind I was like well, one of two things is going to happen and I really don't know which but just to, just you know in case this does make it in the podcast it's just right. to pick you back off that it's not that it didn't get to me I think just from a little bit of metagame thinking seeing how the story was unveiling itself and then just getting to I guess you would call it the first act break of the game you know, getting to that point and then being like, okay, nothing's happened so far, so I don't think anything's going to happen. That's kind of what it, but it worked on me at first. It definitely worked. Well, it sounds kind of like, I mean, after a while, the metagaming thing stops working. So, like, they're going to this big buildup and then you expect, like, oh, shit, everything's going to go crazy. And But then what they do is they kind of chill you by making it just, like, the real thing that you kind of knew in the back of your head would happen. Well, that, that that's that's close. I think, you know, I think right. I think you can definitely get to the end of the game, and because of all of the kind of a horror subversions, um, you get there and you think, you know, something horrible might have happened in this house. And I'll I'll, I'll just stop talking there. 
Right. That's probably a good idea. Plus, you've been playing Saints Row 4 for like, what, two hours maybe, if you don't count distractions? Uh, I've been playing Saints Row 4 for about two hours, and it's probably the best game in all of history. And honestly, I if I were Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo, I would completely clear my slate because there's no way they're uh, going to top this. So what you're saying is if you could squeeze it into a juice, you would drink it. If I could squeeze it into a juice, I could drink it. I could marry it if it were legal. I would do all sorts of things to this game. <laughs> so did you get your superpowers yet? I got my superpowers. Uh, you get, like, do you get to choose anything as far as that goes? You don't, you don't get to choose anything, but kind of here's the deal. Like When I first started playing uh, the game, and this is another one, it's like kind of like spoilers, right? Um, no, no, you've played the game for two fucking hours. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you can't spoil anything right now. There, there is. There you, can, is... you can spoil a lot. Okay. For two hours. Can, like, can't you really? Just, you can't. Really. Well, let me just. It's just like one of those things where you have to experience yourself, but I'll comment on okay. this really quick. In terms of just being like really open world, uh, they've opened it up a lot. You know, there's a section in the game where you find out all your safe houses are gone. And then you find out, oh, well, you don't even need the fucking safe houses anymore. You can jump in a car and you can save it anywhere on the world map. And then you can just call it up anytime you want. So, you know, I'm running around hijacking cars, taking everything I see. And then I'm given superpowers and I'm like, well, why the fuck do I want cars anymore? Right. <laughs> and like, I mean, are, are the superpowers diverse at all? Because I remember in the uh, Saints Row 3, they had, uh, I don't remember if it was in the DLC or towards the end of the game. I think it was in DLC. They gave you that, uh, that. Uh, energy drink you could drink and it lets you run really fast and you yeah. shoot like these uh dragon ball z fireballs i well, mean are so, there is there like jumping or yeah well i only have two right now i don't have all of them um right you know but i have super speed and i have the super jump and that's basically all i've been doing for like an hour of those two hours yeah. it's pretty awesome it's, it's like it's like the only thing you do the first time you play city of heroes it's like you just use the travel powers yeah, and then I'm, you know, I'm thinking about City of Heroes, and I'm thinking about Prototype and Infamous and all these other ones, and I'm like, you know, Saints Row isn't even a superhero game, and it's blowing those out of the water. It's like blowing my mind, and <laughs> and it's like a good acid trip. Only I don't even have to take any pills. I don't do drugs, just in case you know the NSA is listening to this. Never. Right. Well, <laughs> they are. <laughs> I mean, if anybody's going to be listening to it, it'll be the NSA. It'll be the NSA, but um. But I mean, yeah, that's that's how I feel about the game. It's like such a such a trip so far. Well, and just the last thing on Saints Row Four, even though you haven't played it that long, do you feel like it's because this is a constant thing? People saying that it's kind of cheap because they're using the Saints Row Three engine and a lot of the assets. Does it feel cheap, or does it feel like they actually did a lot of work on it? No, they 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 did some work on it, and I think those people uh, need to get a life. Honestly. <laughs> um, I like like it feels like this game almost needed to use those assets like I, for the storyline and kind of for all the new gameplay mechanics. I don't know that it would have necessarily worked with a brand new map. You know, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. It's kind of like it's kind of like the difference between Saints Row one and two, right? In after Saints Row one, you're arrested, you're put in prison, you get out of prison, and you find out like all these gangs and this mega corporation has taken over. Um, Stillwater and change the face of the city. So they kind of pull that again. It's like, you know, between Saints Row 3 and Saints Row 4, um, aliens have attacked, et cetera, et cetera, and it changes kind of the landscape 
of Steelport. So, um, yeah, it's the same assets, but it's still kind of a, a new playground of, uh, to buck around in. Yeah. So what were you playing, uh, Jared? What were you... I, I, know, I know that in your notes you said something like uh, you had ready to talk about Pikmin 3 and then something else. Well, so I, I've actually been playing just a bunch of uh, like, like $15 kind of... I don't know if you'd call them indie games per se, but just like short... Like I played Gone Home and I think that punched in at what, like two hours? Um, that can't possibly be a spoiler. So we should be right. solid okay. on that one. <laughs> And then I played. Uh, I put up a review on the site for Rimmed Capsule, uh, which I I've been playing on my uh, on my Android phone. But I'd say actually, if I if I had a game that was probably worth talking about, I, I'd actually say it's probably Brothers. I don't know if you saw that on my list at all. I made a, a review yeah. uh, for it, but I haven't actually put too much in there yet. Um, the full title is Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons, and it's uh, it's by. It's by a developer called 505 Studios. I don't know that I'd uh, heard of them before I played this game. They might have done some other stuff, and I'm just terrible at knowing things. Um, it's published by Starbreeze, who is already kind of coming off a pretty good month uh, yeah. in the form of Payday 2, I think, uh, which is yeah. generally pretty well-received, obviously. Um, yeah. But uh, Brothers is, is right now only on the Xbox, uh, but I believe it's coming to PlayStation and PC uh, a little bit later. And so the concept, essentially, uh, if you get it on PC, you're probably going to have to play it with a controller. I don't really see a way. I guess you could probably make it work on a keyboard, but it'd be a little tricky. But the concept, basically, is you're, you control uh, exactly that. You control two brothers. So the left analog stick in the game uh, controls the older brother. The right analog stick controls the younger brother. And then the the two triggers correspond to them as well. So if you want uh, the older brother to uh, walk up and manipulate a crank or something like that, you just walk him over to it and uh, and put him in front of it and hold the left trigger button down, and he'll start using the crank. If you want the younger brother to go push a button or something like that, you go walk him over to the button, you pull the right trigger, and he does it. And essentially what you have to do throughout the game is you, you wind up in a lot of situations where the two brothers uh, get split apart from each other, and so, like, you know, uh, it, it's it's much more uh, advanced than this. But So, like, you know, one brother will hit a wall and the other bro- brother will have the button that you need to push to get through that wall um, and, and vice versa. And, and so you'll just kind of, you know, adventure through this this game doing that. The, the story is essentially your father's sick uh, and you, you're off essentially to to save him. Uh, by finding uh, finding a cure, so you kind of go around and, and navigate the world to get this cure to to bring back to him. Um, it's a pretty simple story. It doesn't have the game has no dialogue uh, to speak of. Um, it, it's kind of like sim talk where they just they they oh, okay yeah they say things but they're not actually speaking uh, any kind of language that you could understand. Like rare platformers, like we're Banjo Kazooie or something. Yeah, except, and I don't want to say again. I don't want to say too much without spoiling the game. Um, but this game is dark as fuck. Like, well, I mean, I, I know in at least one of the trailers they showed like the older brother choking out the younger brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and actually, that's kind of a so that's kind of the dynamic I think that's kind of interesting about this is so like. I don't. I don't know that according to the story, the brothers don't get along that well at the beginning. But they're definitely like there's a there's a period kind of throughout the game where they bond with each other as they travel, and it's kind of interesting because when you start this game, 
you're going to be just running into fucking walls all the time. You're going to be sending one one guy where you don't want him to be, and the other guy is going to be off the map, and you'll constantly forget which one belongs to which stick, and so you'll be you know doing stuff wrong, and you'll you'll look silly for oh. the first couple hours. Um, but as you go, you kind of get used to it and you get better at it. And it's kind of interesting because it kind of parallels their relationship as well, where over time they kind of learn to it's almost you telling the story of just over time. These two brothers kind of learn to work together and, and overcome. So then they, uh, they don't split the screen then, do they? No, because it's just meant, okay, it's just meant for you. So the camera will pan out really as you confusing. split them apart. Um, but you're essentially just looking at one top down view uh, at both of them, it's definitely the most uniquely controlled game that I can think of playing in a long time. Um, and again, I can't I can't say too much without spoiling it. But uh, there's there's a part towards the game where, as you go, like they they really start to kind of use controls uh, to make you do things in in the game that can really elicit some strong emotions from you. And if you if you haven't played the game, don't don't read into it any further than that. If you're going to play it, like just buy it and get through it because there's, there's some shit, especially towards the end of the game that is really, really powerful. And it's explicitly powerful because of the controls. I think it's one of the only times like game controls have elicited uh, an emotion from me, which is kind of weird. So you'll be crying for your controller. (laughs) Sort of. Yeah. It's sort of like that. It's, uh, it's really, like I said, it's really powerful stuff and it's it's pretty good my only maybe word of caution is it's it's uh 15 and and that's in xbox money because they're still on on stupid points yeah so i actually had to pay 20 to get it and now i don't have enough points left over to buy anything i want so you know that's just (laughs) how it is i guess but it's kind of steep for a game that really probably only runs about three hours right I think mm-hmm. that's the prompt for Gone Home as well because I don't know if we really mentioned that. Um, yeah. Because I think I think Gone Home is definitely worth the experience. That it's really up to you as to whether gone- or not you want to pay that amount of money for it. Gone Home is fifteen dollars, also, right? Gone Home is actually twenty, and I got it on oh. sale. Wow. Um, and for me, it took ninety minutes, and Jared said he took two hours. <laughs> um, I've been I, I've just been playing a lot of games like that, and I'm I'm been having kind of just a lot of thoughts on what game time means to me in terms of price because you know like i said brothers was 15 dollars, and i probably only got three hours out of it uh conversely rimmed capsule on my phone rhymed capsule i don't know how you say it um probably rimmed capsule. i think it is rimmed capsule but i i probably only got three hours out of that but i paid 3.99 for it and and it's like you have to still weigh i i feel like your time just how much you enjoy the time you spend should should make a little bit of a big difference you know like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough now because you got games that are only like maybe you you can play a game that's only ten dollars, but it's like a sandbox game, so you might play it for like five hundred hours, but yet you can't really compare that to any other game, like cause you can't compare it to a a fifty dollar game that you might only play six hours because it's just there's too many other factors, and I think people put too much uh, they put too much weight on just the raw hours they get out of it. But I, I, I think what's kind of interesting about the games that we're talking about tonight, uh, we only talked about three so far, and uh, Jason, I'm sure you have some that you want to talk about. It sounds like these are games that really kind of make use of the medium that, they, that they're in. There's some games nowadays that I play them 
And I'm wondering, you know, why is this a video game? Why isn't this something else? You know, why isn't this a movie or why isn't this a book? Um, it sounds like between like Gone Home and Brothers and even Saints Row 4, it's like, no, this is what the medium is. This is like, it's not about new cinematics and it's not about, you know, just telling a really good story. It's about using these mechanics, you know? So I think that's, I think that's what's kind of interesting to me. And I think that's why, as I said, I ended up liking Gone Home a lot more than I thought I would because it feels like this truly needs to be a game, you know, that it can't really be anything else. I would, I would totally agree with that. And I don't want to, I don't want to oversell it too much because yeah, yeah. I feel like I, w- I will, but I, I just, I, I do need to say that the brothers, it, it, it elicited a reaction from me that, that I don't think I've ever had like a medium make me feel. And I know that someone's going to go play that game and be like, what a fucking asshole. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get that right. at all. Um, but I, I don't think that there is any other way that that story could possibly have like delivered the message that it delivered uh, aside from being a game. I don't think there's any other way. Hmm. Well, if you want to talk about games that I haven't played yet, that we can talk about Blacklist, which is preloading right now. And by preloading, I mean it's downloading, but it was supposed to be preloading last night, but it didn't because Steam is really douchey sometimes. Last night I tried to preload Blacklist, and what happened was apparently it downloaded a 100 uh, wait, megabyte on. file. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yes. it's not what happened was; it's what had happened was. What 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 did happen? What did happen, or what had happened? What did happen is. Wait, what am had I? Happened was. I don't get it. Am I turning black? Yes, you're being lectured in black right now. And oh. Say, by the that's way, we are not racist. Uh, I, I know I sound very white, but I'm in fact very black. So yeah, that, that absolves everyone. He, ve- right. Very black too, folks. Very, so, very. Right. Speaking of black, let's get back to Blacklist. <laughs> <laughs> Which did not preload because Steam sucks. But, I mean, it's not a very interesting story. I had to restart Steam in order for it to preload. But by the time I realized that, it wasn't preloading. Then it was just like actually downloading because it had already unlocked. I'm kind of scared because... Splinter Cell's been going down the fucking toilet. Mm. And I don't know if anybody else here has any sort of investment in the Splinter Cell series, but I do because it's probably one of my favorite series. And I don't like to see it turn into, like, basically an assault action game. And that seems to be what happens a lot with most stealth games. You have your hardcore stealth fans who play the games religiously, but that's not really a mainstream audience. And so you need to say, oh, by the way, we've got explosions in this one, and, you know, we'll force you into some action sequences, and and then they ruin everything, and it sucks. I think that what you're kind of seeing is uh, modern warfare creep, I guess we could call it, because I think that it's uh, everybody wants that series, right? Like, everybody wants the their, their Call of Duty now that's going to sell them millions of copies every year more than, than anybody else. And yeah. I think that I think that they saw that opportunity with conviction, maybe to to make it a little more actiony and maybe hook in some of those uh, some of those people that like to get the sweet headshots and and score points and stuff. And and I feel like maybe with Blacklist, it sounds like they're throttling it back a little bit. Uh, but I, I think that no matter what happens to Splinter Cell from here on out, I think they're going to keep chasing that white whale. I think they're going to be uh, wait. Did, I don't. I'm not a literature guy. Did he get the white whale? I, I don't even know. Ah, oh, shit. 
Um, well, maybe it's a bad example, but either way, I think, I think if, they're, wait, 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 yeah. I got it, I got it. I think they're going to keep chasing that waterfall, um, <laughs> and, and I don't know that it can be obtained, but I, I, I think that maybe they'll just, I don't know that Splinter Cell's ever going to return to its roots. Like, like, yeah, they gave you a little bit of stealth back, but then they took away sweet, sweet Michael Ironside. Yeah, that's, that's horrible. I mean, here's the thing, Conviction took away some really core aspects of any stealth game, in my opinion, like moving bodies, because that's kind of like an egregious error to say, oh, you can kill these guys in stealth, but then you have to leave their bodies just laying wherever they are. And not even like Hitman at its worst made you do that. And I don't really like Hitman very much except for Absolution, which makes me kind of the asshole because Hitman fans hate Absolution. (laughs) So there's probably some sort of a rift there. I was going to say, um, I, I thought Absolution was perhaps not the best example of, of a Hitman game. Right. I mean, it, it, it's the reason I liked Absolution is because it was more like a Splinter Cell game. It was actually probably more of a Splinter Cell game than Conviction was, just in the sense that it's, it's very much about staying in the shadows and not necessarily so much about disguises and things like that. See that bums me out because that was what I really liked about like uh, like Blood Money is I, I I like stealth games but I like a game where I'm not constantly afraid of getting caught a little more like I like putting on a little disguise a little I do it in life sometimes you know just put on <laughs> put on a little dress and see if anybody recognizes you a little mascara a little, some blush a little mascara yeah. <laughs> well the thing with uh, the thing with a lot of stealth games though is they all have the one thing or maybe a couple things that will ruin the experience just outright. And for Hitman, for me, that was always uh, like using Hitman 2 as an example. Uh, there's this one mission where you have to uh, get into this. Um, it's like a mansion for, I guess, it's like an Italian mob or something. Uh, one of the ways that you can get in is to disguise yourself as the milkman and deliver milk. And you can hide your guns and stuff in the milk crate. But the thing is, if you get close enough to the guards, they go, oh, you're not the milkman. And they just gun you the fuck down. They don't even ask questions. And it's like, how do you know what the milkman looks like? How do you know I'm not a different milkman? How do you know the old milkman didn't get fired? I mean, stuff like that really screws it up for me with Hitman. I can't even deal with that. Well, I I even remember running into that blood money. You might actually be best friends with the milkman. You don't know that. That's true. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't know that. I mean, I know that the mafia loves to befriend milkmen, and I know milkmen are like still a very popular thing here in the two thousand <laughs> to two thousand tens. Hey, to be to be fair, I do think this was in like some European country that could be doing better. Okay, well, <laughs> both both of you sh- shut up because I just moved into a house where I can finally get a milkman to deliver milk and. <laughs> Let me t- no, because they won't deliver to apartments. I don't know why, but they won't do it. But I'm dead serious. I'm gonna have a milkman, and he's gonna bring me the best milk. It's better than anybody else's milk. I can tell you that right now. Well, now I have egg on my face because I made this milkman joke, and I apologize now to the milkman of America. Well, not of America, just of Utah, I think. Right. I mean, we were denigrating milkmen and putting them on the same level as like janitors, and now. We all have egg on our face. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, I, I don't understand how people can work through those Hitman issues, and I never understood it because the disguises to me seemed cool, but ultimately it's like everybody's a little too 
it's like they know each other too well, even if they shouldn't. And Absolution actually fixed that because you can't be discovered by somebody who's not in your circle. So if you disguise yourself as a police officer, then the sushi guy doesn't know you're not a police officer. <laughs> and that's actually really useful. And there's lots of little things like that that made Absolution really cool. And and that's why it still puzzles me that Hitman fans don't like Absolution at all. Maybe, and I haven't I haven't played Absolution yet. I've got it sitting on a shelf somewhere, but I just haven't dug into it yet. But I'm betting that it's probably just a situation where, you you know, like you, you like it because maybe it's a little more like Splinter Cell, but other people aren't going to like it because it's just not that same game that they've been buying uh, forever. It's why nobody complains about Pokemon because it's just, you know, you're always going to get the same thing. It's going to catch some Pokemon. Right. <laughs> Sounds like someone's opinions on Dead Space 3 versus Dead Space 2. Wait, I haven't played... You're not talking about me, are you? Uh, well, we can't be talking about me. I haven't played either. I didn't play Dead Space... Are you saying... Elaborate on this, because I haven't actually played Dead Space 3 yet. Oh, you haven't played Dead Space 3? No, because I'm, I've been waiting for a co-op partner. Oh, okay. But, but if you want to talk about chasing waterfalls... Well, I mean... Find listen, a Dead Space 3 co-op partner l- listen, in listen. August. If you wanted a Dead Space 3 co-op partner... I'm telling you that humble bundle, a dollar. Is this is this still got, up? It should still be up. If it's for a dollar, you'd have a co-op partner for a while. I don't know how long I could stomach that stuff, but I mean, I've heard good things. I just played the first Dead Space on PC, and that was horrible. It was like the worst port I've ever played. Oh, I think two. I think two is one of my favorite games. Like, I think it's really, really, really good. And I even. I even branched out in like the Dead Space fiction a little bit. Like I watched all the little animated movies, um, and that sounds like I went out and watched like a Disney movie. Go watch this shit; it'll mess no, you no. up. No, no. I mean, they, they showed it on like Sci-Fi Channel and all that. I remember that. Yeah, and that's where you go for your hard-hitting yeah. animation. I mean, that's that's way that's way better. It shows you are way more serious by watching Sci-Fi instead of Disney. So that's that's really weird. So they have like a Dead Space like cartoon or something, it's, or it's it was well, it was like it was like some kind of like hour long straight to TV movie, and then I think there was a comic book mm. too. It was like a whole big thing. There's actually um, as the as the foremost Dead Space expert, I can tell you there's uh, there's books. There are actual like straight up novels. I think there's two or three of them, um, and then there's two movies that I know of. One of them is just a straight-up cartoon. I hesitate to call it an anime because it's more like um, that American, like Batman the Animated Series kind of style of animation. Japanime. Is that what we... That's probably... That's probably anime. (laughs) (laughs) No no one's used Japanime since 1998. Whatever. All right, fine. Well... What's, what the hell's going on? <laughs> the other one, the the other cartoon thing is what whatever. The other thing that is not live action is uh is actually 3D animated, but it looks like it was done by a child probably. Um oh, no. it's very poorly done. But then what's weird is they intersperse animated segments inside it. Um Right. Uh, I want to kind of describe it like the um, the Animatrix from forever ago, where everything was like different. Or, or if you guys saw it, there's a Batman anime that's like that, where or Japan yeah. anime that's like that. Japan anime. Whatever. I'm not always say, always say Japan anime. I'm not saying that. <laughs> not happening. Who has ever said Japan anime aside from Jay right now? 
I'd say it around anime fans. They'll love it. Like, if you go oh. around them and they're like, oh, you're into Japan anime too. They're going to love that shit. Trust me. <laughs> just reminds me of Super Troopers. And it's like, it's funny, Cap. It's Afghanistan animation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm noticing something now where, like, these video games have, like, these weird little tie-in, like, either videos or cartoons that go with them. Like, Payday 2 came out with this whole little web miniseries live action of, like, do we uh, have time? Do we have time to talk about Watch Dogs and Gran Turismo? Okay, right. because Sony is being absolutely ridiculous with this bullshit. Like seriously, <laughs> I held my opinions back in the article, but oh this no, is just, this is just stupid. He's unleashing. <laughs> it's, it's just stupid. It's like who wants to who wants to go see this movie to a game that you know no one knows anything about. I. This, you know, you're, talk, you're talking like tw- you're getting up to like twenty dollars a ticket these days to go to the movies. No one's going to the movies anymore anyway. So, so it's like you know, I wouldn't back that uh, waterfall or whatever you know you want to call it. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> I, I mean, they're, they're just being stupid now. It's like you know, we have all this money and we don't know what to do with it, so let's just spend it on dumb things. I haven't caught up on all the Gamescom stuff. Um... Did they announce release calendars for either of those? No. See, I, I, I think, you know, they just announced these movies. And it's like, hey, guys, we heard you like movies. We heard you like our video games. So we're doing these movies. Like, Watch Dogs has no cast. It has no <laughs> script. You know, they're just like, you know, we're going to do it. And it's like, okay, sure, whatever you say, guys. So we put some movie in your video game so you can watch while you play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> See, and, and what I find interesting is you, you keep saying watchdogs, uh, making it sound almost like that's your biggest complaint. But I think Gran Turismo is is really um, is probably the video game series that I think has been most demanding that a feature film be made of it. Don't you remember all the memorable characters like <laughs> the cars? Well, I. You know, you you finish the race and you're like, but what happened to the Audi R4? Is that a car? I think it is. But see, here's the here's the thing about the Gran Turismo movie, right? It's going to be car porn, and that's instantly going to be like a bunch of people in middle America, and it's like, oh man, I love this totally sweet car. You know, I'm going to go check this movie out. And not only that, there's kind of a little bit of a track record for like racing movies now. They've been talking about the Gran Turismo movie for a long time. They see Need for Speed moving on in with their movie. So that confuses me a little less. You know, and I still think it's dumb, but I just don't think it's as dumb as Watch Dogs. I guess that's a fair assessment. <laughs> but Watch, I still, I'm, I'm not following here because like in, in like, so the most successful car movie that I can think of is probably The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously forgetting like movies that are actually good, like The Italian Job and, and stuff like <laughs> right. that. Um, but see in that movie and even in the Italian job, they're like doing crimes and stuff. And I just don't see maybe where Gran Turismo, like even the title, whoever walks into that movie is going to be disappointed. Either the, (laughs) either the person that was expecting, you know, just to look at sweet cars. I think. I'm actually kind of seeing what Jay's saying now about Gran Turismo making more sense than Watch Dogs just because it's like there's no illusion that people who are playing Gran Turismo have any interest but cars. And so that makes sense because then you make a movie that's just cars. But with Watch Dogs, 
which again nobody's even played so what's the draw and who's who are you trying to who are you trying to get to go watch that movie watchdog fans who don't exist yet i guess yeah i guess i guess where i'm getting hung up is like if i'm if i'm a script writer a screenwriter and i'm sitting in my office and you come in one day and you're like good news jared you're going to be doing the uh, the Watchdogs movie, and I'm I'm going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, there's some shooting, and I'm going to have a guy, and he's going to be like a like a hacker, and he's going to run around and do stuff. But when you come in, you're like, Jared, guess what? You're going to be doing the Gran Turismo movie. Get started, buddy. What the fuck do you write? Where did can, you? Can, can I can I tell you can I tell you the answer to that question? Exterior <laughs> racing track, and then I'm done. Yeah, that's all I've got. That's all you got? I mean, if that's what the studio wants, man, I would take that job. I would take that job right now. I'm like, write me the paycheck, and I will write that movie. You know. You hear and see cars. They are going in circles. But why? <laughs> no, you see, you have to do it. You have to do it like, you know, let me think. What's, what's, what's a good, what's a famous car from the Gran Turismo series? Well, they're just real cars, so. Right. I, um. The no, uh, the Bugatti Veyron. That's probably not in any the, of them. The Bugatti Veyron. Okay, so let's say it's exterior racetrack day. The sleek Bugatti Veyron, or whatever the fuck you said, drives around the racetrack. <laughs> Couldn't even make you know? it one sentence in. You're the <laughs> last <laughs> person that wanted to write this movie. Why don't we just use GTA sun, car names like a Mike Monstros? Fire red body, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you just write flowery shit like that and you make it sound like a porno. And it's like, there's your, there you go. Here's your script. So give me my $25,000 or whatever the well, fuck you're going to pay me for this. So the question then has to be, why isn't J.J. Abrams making the Gran Turismo movie? Because imagine there would actually be a reason to have all those flares. Because J.J. Abrams wouldn't show the fucking cars. You're going to like sitting there. You're going to be sitting there for like an hour. Like, <laughs> what, what am I watching? Like, here's the shaky camera. It's like, oh, what was that? Everyone, everyone in the movie is really impressed. But I'm not impressed because... I can't see what the fuck it is. It's like, you know, it's not, it's not hard to put the camera in one place and show me the fucking car. See, once we get into the film, that's when Jay's anger reveals itself. So <laughs> I want to I follow this up here, Jay, because I liked where you were going with your script. I think it was real top-notch Hollywood stuff. Um, <laughs> what, I want, what I'd like you to do next is you set the scene really well. Could, okay. you, could you just give me, maybe just tantalize me, with the first line of dialogue from your Gran Turismo movie? Just the first line. The first line of dialogue from my Gran Turismo movie. Yep. Um, okay. So we'll say Racy McRacigan, our main character, pulls into the track um, and he meets his team or whatever. I don't know how racing works. Um, you know, his head mechanic goes out there and he's like, oh, you really got her turned up. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. What? All right. Oh, hello there. I didn't see you. <laughs> what's what's his name? Racy Racington? Racy McRacington. But oh. he doesn't have the first line. You know, his mechanic has the first line. Can can his head mechanic instead say, you're a wild card, McRacington? He can say, you're a wild card, McRacington. <laughs> I'm pulling you off the McRacington can say, I don't know, I'm getting a little stuck here. Hey, I'm, not so in my, like, I'm not in my zone. Get off, so does get the off head mechanic. Balls. I won the race, didn't I? Does the head mechanic have sort of the, the the part of the guy who's like training Rocky, or is that like somebody else? I think no, he he can have the part of the guy that's training Rocky, but you know, I think he has to die in some kind of horrible accident, and then 
And that's what it. pushes the driver over the edge, and then that's he does really well. That's what pushes him over the edge, and the new hot mechanic comes in, and she's basically the love interest. You know, she's she's a person that doesn't exist in real life because she's like, you know, smoking hot ten, and she said, "I'm just going to hide myself in garages all day and work on cars." You know. All right, I've got our I've got our cast list getting ready here. I think. <laughs> tell me what you guys think of this. For head mechanic, we're going to get Don Rickles if he's still alive. <laughs> And that's, I mean, like, right now, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, he, he's still alive right now. We don't know about the future. Yeah, by the time this gets greenlit, it could, who knows? Yeah. And, and if you're listening to this, don't steal any of this. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood is just waiting to steal our Gran Turismo ideas. That's right. I'm yeah. on to you, Chris Hollywood from Denver, Colorado. <laughs> you, Bowl, is just waiting to make his own Gran Turismo movie. Show, show some respect. It's it's Uva. Oh, I'm sorry. Uva. Uva, Uva Bull. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. I'm sure it is. All right, but he so, deserves so, no respect. So who, who's racing McRacington? Uh, probably Dylan McDermott. <laughs> I, you got to admit, that's a pretty good cast so far. That is a good, that is a good cast so far. That's pretty solid. Yeah. So wait, where does Christopher Lloyd fall into all this? Because I feel like we should just use him again before he dies. He should be the wacky professor that soups up the Gran Turismo. <laughs> he uses yeah. all the experimental yeah. technology. Oh, and that's the name of the car. That's the name of their souped-up car. It's the Gran Turismo. <laughs> it's, yeah. And yeah. Don, Don Rickles will be like, you can't take the Gran Turismo out on the track. It's not ready. And, and Dylan McDermott's going to be like, I can and I will. And You know how we get the Academy Award for this one? Um, as his best friend. We cast a brown person, not a black person, a brown person, because then we show like race relations <laughs> and and we find out that, you know, there are more than two races on the planet. You know, it's more than just black and white. There's also brown. And that's our Academy Award. You'll and love that, it. And that's going to be his, his co-driver? That'll be his co-driver. Um, who, who are you thinking? Who are you feeling? Will Smith? Will Smith. No, Will Smith is pretty black. Um, <laughs> yes, he's he's dark as night. He's he's, he's you know, uh, you can you should put his kid in there. Yeah, I mean, just you want there, we, there we go, Jaden. You he, put you Jaden in there. He'll be like short round in Indiana Jones. <laughs> you cheat, Doctor Jones, Mister McRacington, Mister McRacington. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> it's yeah. like a British accent, Mister McRacington. Pardon me, Mister McRacington. So what do we know about Watch Dogs, really? Because okay, so I mean, Watch Dogs. Here's what we know: we know that uh, it's looking a lot like Assassin's Creed in the present day. We know that you can hack things uh, because hacking yes. is cool. Yes, um, it is. And I guess you can jump into you know closed circuit cameras and see crimes going on and prevent crimes. It's almost a bit Minority Reportish. You know, I don't know how you actually know these crimes are going to happen. You just kind of you know, you go find criminals. All right. That actually, that's, yeah. that's pretty much all I know. Yeah, that's all. It's all I mean, um, yeah, that's all I know. That's... And then, and then, you know, Sony goes to all these action movies that are doing oh so well now, like Elysium and Oblivion and Total Recall, because, you know, those movies are doing gangbusters and everyone loves them. And they say, you know what? Watch Dogs needs to be a movie. It's just like this. Another forgettable lens player. Everything is white and pristine and shiny. Only 
you know, here we go. Here's some shooting for about 90 minutes, and that's going to get us all the money. Do it I just doesn't make any sense. Over this? <laughs> <laughs> You're extremely angry about this. <laughs> I mean, I'd be angry if I, like, knew more about it, I guess. But I, wouldn't, but see, I still wouldn't be as angry as you. See, that's the, that's the thing about it, though. No one knows anything about Watch Dogs. So it's kind of like, let's just make the movie for the sake of the movie. And there's no way it's going to be anything but a kind of, like, generic action movie. And a middle-of-the-road action movie makes it a bad action movie. You kind of have to be surprising these days in order to have a good action movie on your hands. You know, the the big concern when someone releases a a, a movie based on a video game is that they're going to change the movie uh, so that its connection to the video game will be nigh unrecognizable. And it's interesting with these two movies because with Watch Dogs, nobody really knows... If, if we want it to be like the video game or not. Like, if the video game comes out and it's a stinker, then I guess we're just going to have to hope that that movie is going to be nothing like it, like a normal video game movie. Uh, and then with Gran Turismo, I think this is the first time that everybody's probably going to be rooting for it to be nothing like the game. Because no right. I don't know if you ever watched somebody play Gran Turismo. <laughs> it's almost exactly like watching someone driving. I'll, I'll get my capture card and I can make you a Gran Turismo movie now if that's what we're going to do. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know, I, I think video game movies are just, you know, I'll be surprised um, at the day that when we actually get a really good one. Because whether you go either way, it's still kind of a bad movie. Like if you take complete creative license with it, then you end up with a Super Mario Brothers movie. If you stay closer to the source material, you get something like Silent Hill, which, yeah, it had its changes, but it was basically the game, and that was really fucking boring. It's like, I don't want to watch someone else explore Silent Hill for two hours. I want to play Silent Hill. So am I hearing Descent, and you don't like Mario Brothers? I mean, did you not walk the dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I, I apologize now. Mario Brothers is a classic. Uh, Street Fighter is a classic. <laughs> There's certain games you just don't touch. You you know, and it came out when I was a little kid, and so I think that I think that uh, I'm I'm like biased a little bit towards it. But I really like the first Mortal Kombat. I, I like that movie. I think the first Mortal Kombat was like the closest thing we've had so far to a good video game movie. I mean, it's okay, and they don't really try to cut it up and turn it into something else. It's pretty spot on for what Mortal Kombat would be if it was a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of just okay is the most people have strove for all the all, uh, so far. Oh man, brain fart. Um, you know, and then it, like there's kind of like the opposite effect. If someone really does crack uh, the video game movie formula and makes a good one, then we're going to be in for a fucking decade of that bullshit. Just like comic books. No one can make right. a comic book movie. And then we had Spider-Man and X-Men, and it's 10 years later, and they're doing a new Spider-Man and new X-Men, and oh man, I wish they never figured it out. Oh, how many times can you watch Wolverine before it gets horrible? I mean, it was already horrible. And yeah. what's his face? I'm just getting, I'm tired of seeing him with his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh, Jackman, Hugh Jackman, we love you. Yeah. We love you, we just don't want to see you with your shirt off anymore with claws. He, he was actually my second pick for Racy McRacington. <laughs> he, he would be great for Racy McRacington. Let's cast him in the Gran Turismo movie. So you, you, you hear can, that Sony Pictures? 
he can maintain his Australian accent because that's kind of like a friendly accent. So, you know, he's the good guy right away. Everybody loves the Australian guy. He's, yeah. He definitely feels safe and, uh, and secure. <laughs> you just, you, just you want, know, you, you just want to climb like a, into his pouch. Yeah, exactly. You want to snuggle <laughs> up into his arms. Like, just hold me for a second, you just, Jackman. Just carry me away in your, in your big pouch. <laughs> <laughs> How horrifying. Was there anything else that happened at Gamescom that was worth uh, worth mentioning? Oh, oh, oh! Obviously, the uh, PlayStation Four now has a release date, mm-hmm. uh, so that Jason cannot buy it. Uh, <laughs> that is correct. I plan on not buying it when it comes out. That'll be perfect. That'll work out. Um, one one of you uh, poor souls is probably going to have to have to deal with an Xbox One at some point. So. <laughs> only if it arrives at my doorstep <laughs> we'll, and even then i don't even know if i'll have the gumption to plug it in <laughs> we'll, we'll draw straws for it um, <laughs> i don't I, I again i'm still catching up on the news did did sony announce a, a full release lineup or are they is that still a little mysterious i know we've got a date but do we know what all their i don't know uh, i don't I, I was hoping jay might know you know what? I, I I was going to do a full Sony report, and then I think the video game, uh, the movie announcements, kind of sidetracked me. <laughs> Today's kind of sparse, anyways. I mean, the big thing out of Microsoft was just like the what is it? ID at Xbox or whatever the hell. I don't even understand the name. I don't know if the ID stands for something. Oh, we've got quite an extensive watch list. It looks like actually. Oh, do we? What 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 kind of stuff's on there? Because I remember they had Knack as an exclusive, uh, which uh, apparently even like official PlayStation magazine said it was pretty bad. So I'm All curious. Right. I'm curious what else they got up their sleeves. Because Microsoft's got Dead Rising three, which which will probably be a pretty good system mover. Yeah. It might be. I mean, if you can look past all the bad PR and horrible mistakes they've made up until this point. Dead Rising two hasn't fared very well especially once they uh released what is it dead rising 2 off the record which was kind of like just re-releasing dead rising 2 except with frank west i thought i thought everybody loved to because back when i said i didn't like it i got i remember getting my shit jumped on um i think if if i jumped on your shit it was only because i just don't like i don't like the boss fights in dead rising but we've already been through that like a dozen times like I i feel i feel like the difficulty is just stupid I actually really loved uh, Dead Rising 2. Um, that's all I have to say on that. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's, we want to remain friends, so maybe it's best <laughs> we just leave it there. No, uh, we can still be friends and disagree. I played through most of Dead Rising 2, but I really felt like I was almost playing like a JRPG where you have to grind a lot before you can beat the boss. Okay, so... I, oh, oh, we're doing this, huh? <laughs> unfortunately... <laughs> unfortunately I don't remember the line that Chuck Green says. I just remembered that I was wearing a tuxedo and I found these scientists underneath the mall and I killed them and then like took their coffee. And it was like such a James Bond moment that I'm like, (laughs) you know, this is pretty fucking awesome. So, um, okay, here here are are the Sony PlayStation 4 launch titles. You guys will have to promise me that you will refrain from touching yourselves as I read this list. Ready? Okay, begin. We have NBA 2K14. <sighs> Battlefield 4. That's actually pretty good. Madden 25, FIFA 14, NBA Live 14. 
2014, uh, Just Dance 2014. Uh, <laughs> we have Call of Duty Ghost, which I know everyone here is super pumped for. Um, Gee, it sure is boring around here. <laughs> uh, uh, a little respect, please. This is, this is oh, I, I'm very sorry. <laughs> Keep it coming. Call of Duty Ghost, and then what? Uh, we have Skylander Swap Force. Mm, that sounds so... Well, I won't get into it, but... Right. We have we have Drive Club because we mentioned how much you love racing games here. Uh, we have Knack, uh, Lego Marvel Superheroes, Killzone, Shadow. What the hell is that? Right. Sh- Shadown Fall? What the fuck? Shadow okay. Fall? Sh- no, it's not Shadow. It's Shad. I I hope this is a typo because I'm reading this off a website. Killzone S H A D O W N. That can't be. Tell me that's not the real Sh- spelling. You got Shadow. Oh, it's Shadown. 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 Is this what we're actually calling it? Is this what we're actually calling the new... new? No, they spelled it wrong. Okay. Nuh-uh, girl. Oh, okay. Shadown. Shadown. <laughs> no. no, it is Shadowfall. All right. That's a typo. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> we have Knack, whatever that is. is any, do either of you know what Knack is? Yeah, no? actually, I've, I've, I've watched some footage for it. They've, they've shown it off a few times. Uh, I think it's actually one of the only games that's playable, too. I mean, I'm sure a lot of those are at this point. Okay. Um, but Knack is... Uh, it doesn't look very fun, admittedly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it will be. But. So we have the game that, um, you know, that I'm really excited to play because I'm uh, super pumped about the movie. Uh, and the movie was really good. The movie was awesome. Um, and apparently, apparently, they're making a video game based on this movie called Watch Dogs. Yeah, so we have Watch Dogs, and then we have Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. I'm wondering if that was supposed to be at the beginning of the list, because it starts with A, but whatever. No, the list is all over the place. Um, Maybe by I, publisher. Yeah, and I went out of order anyway, so. Oh, good. Yeah. That's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so so basically this is kind of weird because I think on I think on both parties the biggest titles that that I can think of at least are pretty much third party ones uh for for the launch. And I know that's that's usually how it is. Uh like there's usually like one or two exclusives. I think Microsoft has more on the one lineup cuz they've got Rise and um uh Dead Rising, so two Rising games. But I, I mean, Call of Duty, uh, Assassin's Creed, and Watch Dogs are probably the biggest games on those yeah. lists, and and that's interesting because they're all third party and they're all split gen because every single one of them's coming out on the older consoles too. Yeah, and then um, <clears throat> they talk about a bunch of other games reveal that Sony has had today. So we have uh, Planet Side Two coming, uh, Warframe. Let's see, The Order eighteen eighty six, which I know you seemed a little excited about, uh, Jared. It looked it looked uh, kind of cool to me. Uh, let's see, Mad Max, Diablo three, um, mm-hmm. Dragon Age three, Minecraft, The Division, Witcher three. Uh, it should be fun times. And what I'm excited about actually is Infamous Second Son. I'm a big fan of the Infamous series. So, and this everybody's gone to the Rapture. I don't know anything about that, but that's been kind of the talk of the town today. Oh shit! If you're talking about upcoming games, Octodad should probably. Probably Octodad. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes, Octodad. Octodad. Oh, 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 Octodad. Somebody showed me something from that. Isn't that like you're just like flopping your tentacles around and like slapping shit? Yeah. I think um, 
God, I'll need to research this to make sure I'm right because I, I watched some footage of it and I got really excited and now I don't remember if I'm recalling it correctly. But I believe, if I am correct, you are an octopus uh, and also like a loving father with a family. Uh, well, yeah. But no one knows that you're an octopus. It's kind of like you're Superman. Like, you know, you just... Nobody's noticing. You've just been blessed with this gift where no one's like, hey, you know who you look like is is an octopus. And um, and so you're you use like this strange control scheme to wander around and and do dad like things, like cook breakfast. Yeah, to like blend in, so that no one notices that you're really an octopus. Except it all goes horribly wrong because you're just like thrashing your tentacles around and like right. knocking shit over. And yeah, I think I think people probably figure out you're an octopus. That's storyline. Kind of like Surgeon Simulator in a way, just in the sense that like the goal of the game is to just not be able to play it yeah. sounds like it sounds like chicken boo from the animaniacs oh yeah <laughs> yeah it kind of is chicken boo the game <laughs> what a strange reference which yeah. i would still buy today if it came out yeah i would buy that i would buy chicken boo um i would buy chicken boo the game a lot sooner than i would go see Watch Dogs the movie it really it really cut you deep didn't it <laughs> it really cut me deep as soon as Jay mentioned Diablo 3, I felt like I was cut pretty deep because <laughs> Blizzard really likes testing their shit out on PC and then saying, well, that didn't work. I guess we'll just put it on the consoles and see what they think of it. And they divert all of their resources away from like making good patches and then they release it on the console and everybody gets mad. I'm, I'm going to say this just to make sure that we lose anybody who might listen to this. I already don't see how anybody could have fun playing a Diablo game, but I extra don't see how anybody could have fun playing it with a fucking controller. Well, that's the magic of it. They're changing like the uh, the camera angle, so I think it's like a behind-the-shoulder camera angle almost. Okay. And I I guess they're redoing most of the um, most of the GUI and everything, so it fits more. And uh, they're also doing some stuff that they won't do for the PC version. Like, there's going to be an offline mode, which I'm extremely pissed off about. Because it's kind of like the SimCity fiasco, where Blizzard is very adamant about keeping their games online only on Battle.net. And they just say, well, that's how it has to be. But Uh, then they go pull this shit. hmm. I I didn't know that they'd made those changes. um, Because I just kind of, whenever I see Diablo come up, I just kind of turn my brain off and... It's, I mean, you have to turn your brain off to play Diablo anyway. It's just not for me. I know people love it uh, dearly, but I just, I hate that game. And it's not like I played, like, people are always like, oh, you gotta play, you gotta play Diablo 2, not Diablo. I played them all. I played them all, and I don't like them. I can see why someone wouldn't like them. I mean, it's just a, like a very specific thing, and especially with, like, Diablo 2, the game's really ugly, so it's hard to even turn somebody on to it without having them just freak out about how gross it looks and how they just die as soon as they leave the gate of town the first time. It's just not very fun. And yet I still sort of liked it. I don't know. Fair enough. I mean, I I came and brought a game that has two buttons for... um, Actually, you know what? Weirdly enough, speaking of a game that has two buttons, um, Dive Kick came out today. Are you guys familiar with that title at all? Yes. 
Yeah? No. Well, yes. it's, didn't the game start as a joke and then become a real game? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting uh, background. It, it started out as just this, well, you pretty much described it. It started out as, as just kind of a, hey, wouldn't it be funny if... And uh, and they started like shopping it around at cons. They they'd take it to a, a convention and set it up, and people would go nuts for it. And I mean, like I, I heard at PAX, uh, the the last PAX, it had just huge huge lines uh, waiting to play it. And then I don't know if you guys watched the Evo coverage at all, but it it, it made it to friggin' Evo in, in the tournaments. Um, and since you're not familiar, Jason, I'll I'll give you the the short and and quick. The game has two buttons. Uh, if you're lucky enough to play it at a con, you'll get to see a custom gamepad that they've made for it. Uh, and the game's two buttons are dive and kick. Uh, dive will launch you up into the air when you press it, and kick will bring you back down. Uh, there is no analog stick or anything of that nature. If you press the kick button while you are on the ground, then you will move backwards. And if you kick while you're in the air, you'll move forwards. So that's pretty much your only kind of modes of transportation, essentially. Um, mm. When you do kick the other person, when you manage to land a, a kick, uh, it's an instant KO, and the game is played rather than just two rounds. The game is played on a just best out of five, essentially. Uh, so you'll you'll both kick at each other for five rounds, and then the winner uh, is is the winner. I guess there's not too much to say. After that. <laughs> um, there's there's a couple other little neat hooks, like if the it has a pretty short timer. Because uh, obviously it, it can run into this thing where just e both players will wind up standing still because they want the other one to come to them so that they can kick them. And uh, what will happen if the timer runs out is it, within the last five seconds it will draw a line down the center of the screen and the person who is closest to that line will win the match. And so it's kind of a, a neat little mechanic to force two people who camp out on the edges to, to wind up meeting each other. Uh, right. If neither of them go towards it and they stay at an equal distance, a giant foot will appear from nowhere and crush both of them. <laughs> nice. It's a. That sounds a, a lot game. like. Uh, sounds almost like Tory Bash. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. I don't know that I have. It's it's a pretty old game. I mean, I think I played it even as far back as maybe just like seven years ago. It's kind of the same idea. It has like a. There's like a sumo ring almost, and you can get disqualified if you get knocked out of the sumo ring. But basically, the game runs on like a frame rate, so uh, both players take turns controlling basically like a rag doll with uh, muscles and joints and things. And you can like contract or uh, you know relax your muscles in order to perform moves. But the catch is you can only you can only send like ten frames of what you're doing at a time. So like you contract your arm and then you like hit the play button and it would show for 10 frames you like maybe like tucking your arm in and then maybe on the next turn you get you'd uh you'd force your arm out and then run the 10 frames of that and if you know if you're lucky enough then maybe you hit the other uh you hit your opponent and maybe like break their limbs off or whatever it's very physical kind of reminds me of that Actually, after hearing you describe it, I do remember... It was like a Flash game almost, wasn't it? Didn't it run in browser or... Or no, it was just like a free download, like a PC executable. Yeah. Um, uh, there was another game like that uh, that I just remember playing at the same time. I don't know if it had any relation, but your goal was just to push someone down the stairs and cause as much damage as possible. Right, that was like... Uh, I think it was like a Polish game at the time. The first... Thing, the first version of it was like Porostrovat or something. 
Yeah. And uh, it was just like a stair dismount. So you just push a guy down the stairs and you get points for how many uh, injuries you cause. And then they added new games like you, the same guys like in a truck and you have to drive the truck. Yeah. And yeah. See if you can like throw them through the windshield. I don't even know if that has any relation to the, to Tory time, but um, it just reminded me of it. They're kind of similar in execution, I guess. It is pretty similar. There's a lot of games where the whole goal is just to like manipulate a rag doll and either hurt yourself or hurt somebody else with the rag doll. It's kind of like almost like the Octodad in a way. <laughs> <laughs> Except I guess an Octodad, you'd only be hurting eggs and kitchen tables things. Well, I'll I'll put a proper review for Dive Kick up on the site at some point. I know that seems like it's probably a silly game to review, but as it's gotten popular and, and gotten picked up by a publisher and all these things have happened, they've added a lot of characters. And, and ironically, a game that was touted as just being very simple and really having nothing to it has kind of become really complex. And I'd actually say right now that's the game's biggest shortfall is I want to learn how to use a lot of these characters but there's no way to do it. There's no training mode or anything. So all I can really do is just start up a versus match and just sit in one of those. Um, if I want to like try a new character and switch back and forth between them real quick, you can't. You can't do it. You can go into story mode, um, but you have to wait through like these cutscenes, and so it's just it's much easier to uh, just start up a versus match and manipulate two controllers. But I shouldn't have to do that. It, it's right. kind of a bummer that they couldn't fit just a little bit more into that port. Mm. but it's a very cool game yeah I I think people generally like those sorts of games just because they want to figure out like that there's like a mathematically best way to approach every situation so it's almost like a chess game it's uh it's kind of I, I think dive kick has some depth purposefully built into it but it makes me kind of think of uh smash brothers melee a little bit where they didn't intend for a lot of the mechanics and like this meta game that came out of it to exist, but it just kind of has like people, just like you're saying, people figured out, you know, a bunch of tricks that are, are in a lot of cases game breaking or not intentional and, uh, and they're using them in like a competitive setting. So I think, I think it is kind of like that a little bit. And speaking of yeah. smash brothers, they just announced Luigi. So that happened. Oh, who, well, who knew that's, that's not a big announce, is it? I mean, Luigi was in, he was in Brawl and Melee, wasn't he? Well, now he's also in this one, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's. The I mean, if you go to the official website, it says warning, challenger approaching, and Luigi. So here's the so here's the question: You can throw you. Let's say you can remove one character from uh, the game. Would you now remove Luigi, or would you remove the Wii Fit Trainer? I would never remove the Wii Fit Trainer. You're you're on your own on that one, buddy. You're the only one who doesn't like the Wii Fit Trainer. <laughs> I guess that was a horrible question to ask. I assume everybody thinks like me, and they're like thinking that that's just like the worst fighter ever. Now, Whereas listen, I think the, I think listen, the Animal Crossing kid is like the best one. Yoga pants. All I, I know there's yoga pants, but here's the thing. All I have to say is Zero Suit Samus. So yeah, but you got She's been around. I don't see any problem with signing off right now. Okay. I mean, I don't have a big sign off, but. I mean, you know, say goodbye and say night night. We're still sleep tight. Ba- bear with us. We're still learning. I need. We need uh, an experienced hand to guide us and show us the ways. Uh, yes. Anyway, as long. <laughs> I think. I think that's probably good, right, everybody? 
so this is like so we're signing off now we're saying our goodbyes is that what's going I on i don't know that we need to have like formal shit like like okay i'm just i'm jay and this has been the enemy slime podcast no wait maybe we should have that well, it sounded pretty good all right well um i'm jay not jay I'm Jay, and if you are a yoga trainer with a pure kind of eggshell white skin and no eyes, give me your number. <laughs> well, Jared, do you have anything interesting to say, or are you just too creeped out right now? I've um, aroused is a better description. But no, I th- okay. I think that I think that. Uh, I think that pretty much covers today pretty well. It was it was a big day, and I missed the majority of it. So I'm excited to go back and get caught up on all the all the Gamescom stuff that I missed because I uh, I'm just excited to get some new hardware. Like I don't even really care what it is at this point. I just I just want something new to hook up to my TV. <laughs> it can be a spanking machine. <laughs> Whatever, as long as it'll play Watch Dogs and the Blu-ray for the Watch Dogs movie. <laughs> So. <laughs> and with that, I think we're out. All right.